0: Andrew the Promised Child once again. Welcome to another episode of the ATPC Powerful Positive Talk. Let's go. Peace, 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 peace. It's Andrew the Promised Child once again. Welcome to another episode of the ATPC Powerful Positive Talk. Let's go. We got Brother Khalid today, who's going to be coming in. And we're going to have a powerful, positive talk today. For sure, for sure. You know, no cap, no lie. This is one of his books right here. Make sure you go get that. name of this book is called Still Thinking. Make sure you check it out. No, check it out, check it out, check it out. Yo, yeah. Make sure you go follow that brother on every platform he's on. He's on Facebook, he's on Instagram, he's on YouTube. Make sure you check the brother out. All right. Trying to figure out why it's not letting me go live. What's going on here? We go
1: now. I got it. I I was
0: uh, Uh, unable to go live, which I'm like, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I saw (laughs) saw another button down the bottom that said, uh, share because it said you accepted, and it went halfway around, and it just kicked me out. But uh, here we go. (laughs)
0: yeah we here now we here now we got the good brother Khalid on here this is an awesome brother and the thing is I got to meet this brother at the returning citizens event and this is such a dope brother I'm talking about very genuine right got a good spirit you know what I'm saying so I was like yo I gotta I gotta get another interview with this brother without all the (laughs) wind you know what I'm saying so how everything been going with your brother
1: Oh, uh, pretty good, pretty good. Can y'all hear me clearly?
0: I, I I can hear you clearly, brother.
1: Okay. Uh, pretty good. Just just uh just tired. Work work. You know, work trying to grind. I get up early. Uh, I'm out of I'm out of the house usually about four thirty in the morning. You know, and I'm at work until about three thirty four. So, just grinding hard. You know, but uh, I feel good. You know, I feel good and uh, grateful to be in a position to be able to work. You know, so things are going pretty well.
0: All right, so before you came on, um, I was talking about this great book right here that you have, "Still Thinking," right? Um, and I just want you to go over it just for a little bit for the audience, you know, um, and tell them where they can get it from and all that good stuff as well, and explain to them what it's about and why you wrote it.
1: Uh, yes, sir. Uh, what "Still Thinking" is actually uh my second uh poetry book, and it was you know it was uh. It was a labor of love you know as as all projects are you know uh, my first poetry book was called uh, i was just thinking um and that was published when i first got out uh, and this poetry book is a follow-up of it um i'm always thinking you know i'm always thinking so that's why the title has that uh that connection um it it it's it's everything you know it's everything it's about love you know relationships It's about, you know, social issues. Um, um, You know, there are poems that will make you laugh. You know, like, since I've been home, you know, from prison, I've I've discovered that people will, you know, like the social media block you. You know, block people you unfollow and things like that. You know, I'm learning these things. I wrote a poem on that. You know, um, uh, there are a lot of homeless in D.C. I ride past them often. I offer a dollar, a coin, clothes whenever I can. But I have a couple of poems on that. Um, I have a poem dedicated to uh, a variety of people. I have a poem called uh, Single Single Mom, and, uh, which is in my first book as well. Uh, but a lot of people loved it. You know, a lot of people loved it. So I also have a follow-up poem in the new book called uh, Single Mother Still. Um, I have a poem called uh, Inner Child. You know... The world we live in, a lot of us were forced to be more mature than we are. You know, a lot of us were forced to be grown. You have kids that are nine and 10 years old, babies didn't, three and four siblings. That's that's not right, you know, but this is what's going on. And so the child within them is being suppressed because now they're forced to be adults. They're forced to be more mature. Uh, And yet as they grow older, the child in them still yearns for freedom. And so you find... You know, women 25, 30, 35 years old still acting childish. You find men who are 20, 25, 30, 40 years old still behaving like children because the child enough never got a chance to evolve. Uh, so I wrote a poem called Inner Child, um, foreign, uh, you know, so, so, many, so many poems. You know, like I said, I sit back and I'm inspired by a lot i'm grateful for a lot so i write about gratitude i write about uh, prayer the power of prayer is one of my poems Um, Breathe. that's a poem that a lot of people love because whether you you know learn how to box martial arts um whether you're giving birth to a child if you're panicking the first thing people tell you to do is breathe because breathing when you take a deep breath and you let it out slowly when you allow your breathing to become even and calm, uh, then you usually think clearer. So I wrote a poem called Breathe because a lot of times we're in a real panicky uh, and pressured situation throughout the day. You know, Throughout the day, whether at work, whether you're in your car, when you get your meals, whether with family members or loved ones, just, you know, you just have sprung. And So I uh, wrote the poem Breathe, really telling myself to keep breathing, to stay calm, And then you know as well as others so i write about a lot of things i'm inspired and moved by much Uh, so you know when it comes in my mind and my heart i just try to put the pen to the paper Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: that's that's some deep pieces that you drop right there so what does prayer really mean to you because um i talk to a lot of people and a lot of people have their own different interpretation on prayer what is prayer to you specifically
1: (laughs) uh well prayer i I believe in the most high i believe in god i believe in the one who created the heavens and the earth uh, and everything in between uh prayer is uh it's supplication it is a it is it's a humbling of the human spirit you see man walks around all day boasting of our accomplishments you know you get a nice car yeah i worked hard for that i you know uh you get a a man you get a woman yeah I, i pulled that i did this i got that um you know, you get jewelry, you get, you know, you accomplish things, you know, whatever it may be, the first thing we say is, ah, but we forget that there's another factor involved, that that between me and that trip to the store, something can very well happen. A car could jump the curve, I could have a heart attack, you know, so the one that created us, I believe in him, I believe in the power, Um, and so when I'm, when I'm praying, I'm humbling myself, you know, whether I'm just sitting in my chair with my eyes closed, meditating. Uh, I believe meditation is a form of prayer because meditation for uh, forces you to turn within. Meditation allows you to sit back and try hard to push everything outside of your your mind. And that is a very difficult thing. I've tried meditation, I don't know how many times and it didn't really worked <laughs> for me. Uh so far as, you know, they'll tell you just blank your mind. That's that's so hard. I'm a overthinker. So but I try to try to, you know, tune everything out, breathe, uh, calm my mind and calm my heart and try to uh, focus my thoughts. And in focusing my thoughts, I can allow myself to focus my energy. So when I'm praying, a lot of times, you know, whether I'm bowing down, whether I'm walking, I, 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 you know, having done 25 years in prison um, and knowing that the creator is the one that got me through it. I talk to them often when I go to work in the morning, you know, when I'm walking to, work, walking to my car 4.30 in the morning, I'm talking to them. It's quiet out, cold, warm, hot, whatever it is. I'm like, you know, thank you for allowing me to wake up because I know too many people who didn't wake up. I know many people who didn't go to sleep. Uh, I know many people who are still in prison. I know many people who are outside, They still in prison, you know. So I talk, to, I talk to the most high as often as I can, and I'm always grateful. Uh, so prayer means that to me. It means humbling myself thanking him for everything that I can think of. And that's a lot, uh, and not as much as I should remember and asking him for, you know, some, some blessings along the way outside of the ones he gave me there. A lot of things I, I asked for, you know, people's safety, people's success. Um, you know, it's cold out here. I, I pray for the homeless. I pray for those who need work. I have a younger brother who's actually homeless, you know, and our family tried to take him in, but he has mental health issues, so he doesn't stay in one place. You could wake up and he'll be out, you know, gone. He does not lay in one place for more than two or three days. Um, he often goes to our baby brother's house or our baby sister's house. So I pray for him because it's cold out there, but we can't make him stay still. No one, you can't, you can't lock a door. He's gonna unlock it. So, I think of him, then I think of those who are out there under bridges and in the inclement weather. So, I pray for a lot of things, you know, and I pray for a lot as well. So, how do you deal with
0: um, trauma, pain, having a younger brother who is homeless? How do you, how do you deal with that? I understand that you said that prayer, and I understand that prayer. Is, is, is a good way to handle things but what other ways do you handle, you know, your pain, your trauma you know because uh, I would
1: say that's hard painful
0: pain. yeah you know? no, because I would say that's painful but you, you can finish, rather, I won't cut your with
1: oh no, it, it is painful uh, and if I get a bit emotional then forgive me uh, uh, when I left the streets my brother was seven seven he was a kid, you know. I come home and he talks to himself. He he, he mumbles. He looks bad, you know. He looks bad. Uh, Pardon me. Take your time, brother. So it's rough because I have to ask myself what happened, you know. What happened to the kid I used to walk to the zoo in D.C.? What happened to my little brother that I used to watch him draw and I walk him to school and take him over family member's house and I'm, I'm looking at him sometimes and his eyes are dark. He says he works for Army, he smiles, he's not gonna hurt anybody, but I worry about him being hurt. Uh, how do I deal with it? I don't <laughs> I can't, you know, it's uh it's rough because I wasn't here. Our so baby know. brother our youngest brother, uh, who was actually younger by a year than the one I'm talking about, he takes care of him. He's, the, he's in that, uh, those two brothers, he's the big brother in truth. Uh, he picks him up. I talked to him the other day. I'm like, what you up to, brother? He's like, man, I'm going to pick up Rock. I even got a poem in there. Here's a poem in that book if you read it called Rock. That's about my baby brother. Uh, the second to the youngest. And uh, the youngest actually takes care of him. He picks him up he gives them money, he gives them food, he tries to buy them clothes. Uh, they were, it, it was pairs. Myself and my older brother, we were always together, then the two beneath us were always together, then the younger two were always together, so though know, they are, they're paired, so you know, they, they're they extremely close, and our baby brother takes care of them as best he can, And know, uh, it's rough because like I said, when I left, Uh, The street, when I left the street for 25 years, man, so much has changed. So uh, when you ask how do I deal with it, honestly, I pray, (laughs) as you said, but I try to mentally look at the world we're in. You know, we're in a world where mental health is a real issue, man. I have a partner, a brother that I'm close to, and his son just hung himself in the prison system in Virginia maybe a month Maybe a month and a half ago, man, and that that hurts me, man, because I know the father, I know the other brother, you know, and by extension, I know his son, and all the work that my man is doing out here to get other people free to help other people, he speaks at colleges, he speaks at uh detention centers, he speaks at schools and his own son, you know he couldn't save him um, you know, so I know that mental health is an issue. Plus, my own mother, you know, she had mental health uh, issues. Uh, two months before I came home, I was ready. You know, I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm coming home." I got a letter. You know, I'm on the way, Mama. Wonderful. And uh, two months before I came home, they called me to the office and said your mama was gone. So she too had mental issues. She had, um, and it threw me because I would read her letters, and I wouldn't understand how could you go from saying, you know speaking happy joy and and, and love and then the next letter would be the world is evil and i hear whispers and i'm reading the letter like and i call my siblings like man what's wrong with mama man you know what's going on Uh, she won't take her medicine you know and i'm like medicine and she was bipolar and schizophrenic and then i try to think back to moments when i was on the street and i only saw and I, i can only recall two moments where i saw this you know this Um, illness, uh, rearing his head, but when I was on the street, I didn't pay that amount. I'm like, you know, we would use the term lunching or tripping. Um, and that's a problem with us as a community. You know, someone has mental health issues. We'll say, oh, they tripping, they lunching, or they know what they are doing. They playing games. No, this stuff has to be looked into, you know, a lot of people, the foods that we've eaten has been, you know, contaminated, the air is contaminated our bodies are contaminated, you know, we're full of disease and germs. I mean, it doesn't seem that way, but we just, we haven't eaten right. We haven't lived right. We haven't thought right. And so it's going into our children and they're coming out with mental health issues. And now we have to start taking it more seriously. So I'm, I'm, I'm always dealing with it. It's still hard. Um, I can't really do much except be there to support when I'm around Offer a couple of dollars here and there when I can, um, you know, like I say, our younger brother does that part almost on his own. You know what I mean. Uh, but when I can, when I can be there, I strive to be. Um, and hopefully, I'll be in a home one day. I'm in an apartment. Hopefully, I'll be in a home one day where there'll be an available space for him, um, as our youngest brother is actually looking for a two bedroom now for that purpose. You know, so yeah. Oh man.
0: Um, you most definitely have a, a story, brother. Um, and uh, I, I see the humbleness. I see why you're so humble. Um, what made you so humble? Was it like just doing the 25 years? Was it just life? Like what made you so genuine and so humble? You know.
1: Um. You know, I I, I wonder about that <laughs> because when I look around me, I, you know, I look at my siblings, I look at my family. You know. People are humble, like I say, based on situations and circumstances. I was always a pretty reserved individual. Um, my older brother, he's a lot more outgoing than me. He's always been taller and slimmer. And I think because I was heavy, you know, that kind of made me take a back seat to a lot of things. Uh, then um, when I did, I did good in school. I loved school. My father primarily raised us, and though he had his own flaws and, and struggles with drug use later on, he gave us a lot of knowledge and wisdom um, along the way. Um, we've had cousins, uh, one of my older cousins, who's my father's uh, a little older than my father. <laughs> we grew up with him. He was also knowledgeable, but they would stress certain things. You know, be tight, take care of family, uh, get knowledge, work hard, and uh, don't be cocky. That's that's something that even though I think my father was cocky in his own way because he was dark slim, to fight. You know, pretty talented in some areas you know they teach humility but you see them you know they're outgoing they, they they're confident but you know sometimes like okay you know but i didn't pick that, that quality up, that outgoingness. as i didn't so even when i took to the street i learned how to i guess get attention uh in the street and though i wasn't looking for a mass amount of attention i used to envy the attention to some people like i said my older brother, slimmer and taller He's the one that I think if we go in a room of 20 women, 18 will probably prefer him over me. I'm cool with that. I really am. But you want somebody, you know. Um, I knew guys who had six packs. I was always, like I said, heavy kids, So uh, I pretty much was quiet, but I fought pretty good. You know, my father, my cousins, family, friend, my uncle, you know, they they, they were known uh, in D.C. for fighting and things like that. So they raised this fight. So I was pretty good at fighting for whenever that was called upon, I would be quick to, you know, respond in that way. And that earned me um, a reputation. In my first poem book, I have a a poem called uh, Self-Esteem. And I explain, you know, what I'm talking about now, like one of my first fights, I I did pretty good. I mean, a major fight, not as a kid, just swinging wild. I'm talking about like a boxing type of situation. And I did good. And that earned me, you know, a name. And after that, you want that name to increase. Um, and then I saw people being bullied and stuff like that. So you're not going to do that to me. You know, so I, I became overly aggressive in the street and wild. But even then, I knew that wasn't me. So I've had it where people that I was cool with could call me and say, man, Khalid, man, I need you. And a lot of people that know me will attest to that. You know, I would be sitting at home looking at television and get a phone call. Man, I just got in a situation, man, I need you. And I will run. To a go-go and fight someone else's fight. I've been on the phone, and and, and a, a guy that I was cool with named Chris would call me, and you know he's on the telephone. I come from D.C. to Arlington, and he's on the phone talking about the dude on the phone threatening him. I pick the phone up. I talk to the guy. Talk. I talk him out the situation, or I challenge him. Either way, I was always there for those that I cared for. So, in um, knowing that I wasn't a monster, but I could act like one, I just you know once I failed, you know, with life in ten, um, I was forced to sit down. I was forced to ask myself, how do I want to live my life? And I think what really made me change, because when I first was incarcerated, I would play cards and dominoes and just checkers, and I would get into fights over silly stuff. Uh, people talking slick, people thinking, you know, to me it's recreation. Don't talk slick to me if you beat me. You know what I'm saying like I don't do that. So I realized I couldn't play no more. and I can't control you, but I can control me. So I just stopped playing. You know. I had a niece, my first niece, Takia. and and I have a poem about her in this book called "Dead Takiya." Is my niece, my first niece, and her mother put her on um, at a jail. I was in Fairfax, and the mother brought her to see me and put her on the little metal um, countertop on the side on that side of the glass, and she was looking. And she just turned around and put her hand in the glass. The mother didn't coax her. She didn't say, "That's your uncle." She just she just set her up there. She turned around and put her hand in the glass, and that right there, to I swear. It made me want to get home. It made me want to get home because I was a family man. My younger sister, my brothers, my cousins, I look out for, them. you know what I'm saying? So for me to have my first niece and I can't be there for it. So I had to force myself to grow. I had to force myself to check my temper. And I did good most of the time. I had to force myself to be humble and to accept uh, the process uh, of evolving. You know, and so that's what that's what made me really become more humbler than I had already been for the most part, is 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 knowing that I had to, one, get home, two, I don't want to live my life like a fool, you know. So with all this experience and all these life lessons, right,
0: what do you teach the youth now that you deal with? Because I see that you're dealing with the youth. What do you teach them? Right, like what is the what is the thing that you are very heavy on them about? Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that you teach them about a lot of things, but what is the main thing you you are heavy on them? Like for example, I heard you talk about like pretty much wanting to be accepted and wanting to be liked. So one thing you realized you was good at was fighting, and that brought a lot of light on you. So to a youth or to a a, a, to a teenager who has that same aggression,
1: right? Like I just want to tear something up. What advice do you have for them? Um, well I I was blessed to do a lot of mentoring on the inside. And and in truth, I still do a lot of, you know, I, I check on a lot of the brothers that I rock with, a lot of the brothers that call me big bruh, you know. Um I check on them, I text them, I call them. Uh, I do my best to listen, and when I can offer advice, I do that. Uh, I I started my own nonprofit, can't wait really to see my shirt. Uh lessons learned. That's my nonprofit right there. Um, and I, I'm a part of other nonprofits. I'm a part of catch more kids. Uh, that's a, a, a nonprofit that's been around founded by Chanel catch And, uh, uh, because of her brother having been incarcerated in uh, Newport news and he was innocent and he's out running, uh, my brother, Troy catch uh, I'm a part of that. I'm a part of brothers huddle. Um, uh, is founded in DC, uh, Brother Kareem Muhammad and Brother Frank Muhammad, and a few others. Um, and I've spoken to juvenile facilities, Alexandria, Landmark. I've spoken there a couple of times in person. I've spoken to DC Juvenile Facility and uh, Merlin New Beginnings. And uh, I mentor the youth a lot at uh, Potomac Gods in Southeast. What do I tell them? Well, honestly, uh, in short, I tell them be themselves. Mm. The problem is they don't know themselves. You know, they think they are the the stepfather. They really don't. Some of them don't even know their real father. So they think they're the stepfather that comes in. He's throwing his hands. You know, he wears the black clothes. He got the fanny pack with the weed and the gun in it. They think that's who they are. Some of them look at TV and they think they Jay Z or they think they you know they cool and they want to hustle because they hit those raps. Uh, the mature J today is different than the Jay of old, but, you know, some think they, you know, they, they are uh, Yo Gotti or uh, Lil Durk, you know, some think they're, uh, you know, Megan Thee Stallion and, and Cardi B, uh, because this is who they see. This is who they see the world loving. So when you ask a child, who are you? Most of the time they're going to be like, man, I am, I am who I am. I don't know what you mean. They They're confused. But if you walk them slowly through their experience and you say, man, what makes you happy? Like, you like helping your little brother? Yeah, I guess. You know, you try to get the smile out of them. You try to get them to understand that they're valuable, that they're more than a gold chain, that they're more than muscles, they're more than a pistol, they're more than a six-pack and long hair. Uh, They're more than that. But they don't know that. Because we as adults, we as adults still teach them unconsciously, even in the conscious community, even in the conscious community, we'll look at a a sister and be like, you know, we'll talk about her, but she could be shocked. We'll look at a brother and he's conscious, but we'll talk about him with the same trivial perspective as those we consider secular. You see, so the children, man, they they don't know who they are because we don't know who we are, you know? And so a lot of time um, when I'm talking to them, I'm trying to find out what they like, and I'm trying to let them know that what they like. And usually they have good ideas. They want to play sports. I've had kids tell them they want to really be teachers and fire, fire, uh, fire men and fire women. And so I tell them, you can be that, but you have to discipline yourself. You can't be a follower. And that is one of the hardest things when you're in a society where you don't want to be the only child walking to school and everybody's walking the other way to go still out the corner store. Um, but I let them know it's okay to be alone. I let them know it's okay to walk alone. Oh, it's a rough one, you know. I walked alone a long time, you know, um, but it, it's not impossible. And so the lesson, the lessons that I try to give them, it's it, truthfully it's a multitude. It, it's hard depending because some children require something different, you know. But right. being who they are and trying to get them to focus on what they truly want to do and be in life, I think that is the key usually children know what they want to be even at a young age if you can just get them away from the crowd you know next step is trying to nurture that foster that and provide them with an environment that will help uh, you know build that build that into fruition all right so speaking of
0: the environment right um what made you start is it the nonprofit or is it just you as an individual that decided to go into the community to work with the youth because i see you working with them uh i see you got them cleaning up right (laughs) so what made you start that how did you start is it a one-man show or do you have a group with you
1: uh no it's it's it's, um one of my phrases and uh i use it often these days i say we rise together um it's, it's been it's, it's, it's been it's been me for a long time like I said I'm a family man so when I didn't have my my brothers and my sister and cousins around me to pick with to protect to help I used to do my little brother's since with the homework I used to make them do their homework I used to you know mom tell them clean up it's a lot to clean up I clean up with them you know what I mean uh, before I go you know rip and run so because I'm a family man. I take that where, wherever I go, you know, you know, certain brothers that I know we check on each other. You know, I check on brother Willie. He checks on me, call it a wellness check. I call brothers, they call me, um, and they are brothers who I embrace and call and check on and they don't check on me. I'm big bruh. You know what I mean? I can't expect little brother and them to uh, move like I move or think like I think, but I check on people, man. Cause I love those that I love, you know, And so I had already been that way. Uh, Forming the nonprofit, that was a blessing because there are many nonprofits and not-for-profit organizations, but each nonprofit is unique to the person that starts one. You and me may both love the youth, want to do everything for the youth, but we're two different people. So you may do what you do with the youth. You may just do it from uh, an artistic standpoint. You may paint with them and draw with them and rap with him and sing with him and that would be great but that would be your nonprofit. mine I may be into more academics so I may teach him and read books and have book club etc so when I came out um, I went to uh, the nation Islam mosque in DC number four and I told my story to a few of the brothers because I was born in the nation and a brother named Frank Muhammad he had uh, told me brother come with me come with me Saturday we're going to Southwest to this area this neighborhood called Greenleaf, and uh, you know I helped them, you know, clean up, straighten up, set tables up, talk to people. And after that, I was, you know, I was attached to the brother and his organization, Brothers Up. They invited me over to Potomac Gardens, and for the last two and a half years, roughly, I've been a staple. Um, I'm there. Not even on just the days that we're normally there, which is Thursdays. I'm there on Wednesdays. Um, I'm there on Saturdays. Sometimes Tuesdays. Uh, I've been embraced by the community. A couple of the mothers around there, Sister Courtney, Sister Danielle, uh, Miss Poppy, um, uh, there's a few others. They've embraced me, you know, Brother Kareem and them, you know, they keep me in the loop whenever they can. And and they know I love the children. They know I'm sincere. Uh, And and as you spoke on, tomorrow, literally tomorrow, I'm coming out of my own pocket, um, $5 for each child that helps clean up. And we're going to pick trash up. I got gloves. I got trash bags as soon as i leave work tomorrow i don't even plan on coming to my apartment i'm going to pick up one of my nephews two of my nieces and i'm taking them over there with me and we're going to you know, what I'm we're, going to, you know we're going to do some work together and we're going to clean up because i want the children to get in the habit of one cleaning up behind themselves cleaning up what they say they love because if you clean your neighborhood up then you need to help mom and grandma uh daddy and your uncle and, and your auntie clean up your own home uh, so i want to do that in and in next week, we'll be painting rocks. I have rocks that I've collected. They don't really have a lot over there. I'm going to paint them. I'm going to put them you know, around the garden. You know, just, it's a rough complex. It's a, a project in Southeast D.C., but we can beautify it ourselves, you know, so we're going to paint some rocks and distribute them. Um, I'm going to take the kids to uh, see the Black Panther. Um, in about three or four weeks, I've asked for some donations, and I've been blessed, man, to receive, you know, some donations from um, a few people. Um, and a couple of them quite generous, you know, a couple of organizations, a uh, road to justice, uh, the sister, Cheryl and them, uh, Ms. K and R I H D mothers who have done so much for return to citizens. I mean, you know, my own cousin, uh, Rahsaan, she donated a brother named unique he's donated. So, you know, we have people that know that we are sincere in helping the youth and giving back. And so, and I don't ask for much often, maybe once a year, I may ask for donations and the people come through, you know, so I'm grateful for that. All
0: right. So where can they send the donations to you? Not just for, um, cause I was thinking about some more things, not just for the movies, but also say you want to get the kids clothes or anything else that you want to do for them. Where can they send the donations to?
1: Uh yes sir. Well they can send it. Niggas send donations to my cash app. is the, the dollar sign and my name Khalid K H A L I D Kareem K A R I M and the letter Y between uh at the end of it. Uh, dollar sign Khalid K H A L I D K A R I M Y the letter Y. Um, and like you say yeah we do plenty. We've taken the kids to parks um we i actually have uh clothes in here right now that were donated by a sister uh, named, uh 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 mccall um shea she donated some clothes uh that i have and i plan to distribute to the children in uh, a couple of weeks um uh matter of fact uh, a partner of mine you know we're working on a documentary and uh his name is uh scoop you know affectionate school uh demetrius Uh, McLaren he's from Suffolk Virginia has his own car club he promised one of the young uh, sisters man Kate he promised little Kate a bike he came up about two months ago while we were working on parts of the documentary and I brought him over guns and uh, little Charlotte had a bike and Kate you know he said you know what I'm gonna buy you a bike and man true to his word this man came from Suffolk three weeks ago drove from Suffolk man early in the morning went to Walmart bought a bicycle brought it to my job because he had to get back down the road and I took the Potomac gods, you know, so, um, I deal with some good people. I deal with some good people who generally care about the community and the youth. So, you know, we, we, definitely, you know, want to do a lot more for the children, um, take them places, get them outside of the neighborhood, beautiful neighborhood in its own right in the heart inside of, and under the layers of, you know, garbage or whatever. But at the same time, they need to be exposed to more, They need to be exposed to beauty they need to be exposed to class uh maturity art and 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 plenty more and so that's one that's one of the aims and the uh goals of investments learn along with the other organizations uh brothers Huddle, catch more kids
0: all right so um i got one more question for you and the last question is going to be what
1: that documentary going to be about uh well it's actually going to be a docu-series it's a three-part a docu series. It was um, conceived by Scoop, uh, a brother that I did time with. We call him Choice. He's from uh Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh, my man Michael Wright, uh, Mike E. You know Choice Three Hundred and Sixty, and him and Scoop actually grew up together um, on the street, and so they have a, they still maintain a bond. And a lot of people had made parole a couple of years back. A lot of people, uh, more than a thousand plus in Virginia, uh, under the uh, McLaugh and Northam uh, administration, and I'm grateful. And I was one of them. And choice didn't. So him and Scoop were talking. You know, Scoop was just like, you know, he was he's from the street as well, but he got away from it, that street light before it could uh, uh capture or kill him. You know, put him in prison or get him killed. So he shook it off and he chose another light, like, which is filming production. He's an author and he has a car club. Um, choice you know he was like man we need to do something and he was like man i'll make a documentary and choice said man i'm in here i ain't you know he said yeah you you know you can be in there you ain't got nobody that you can think of out here and he said yeah he said man reach out to brother khalid and so one scoop called me we hit the ground running we've we've interviewed um, several people you know those that know me those that have been in prison uh we've interviewed advocates um quite a few advocates, you know, Miss Karen Morrison, a phenomenal sister, um, Ms. Kay, uh, Miss May, Miss Julia, um, you know, and, and, and so um, a former uh, correctional officer, Gino, who's doing tremendous work in that Norfolk portion of area, you know, and giving back to the community. Uh, and so because it was so much film, you figure 15 people, three hours, each person, couldn't make it a two hour thing. So, you know, we're breaking it down. The first part of the docu series is is going to kind of follow me and there's going to be a short, a short movie at the beginning of it, showing the struggle of youth in the inner city. Um, and oftentimes the sad um, outcome, prison or death, uh, and then it's gonna pick up with bits and pieces of my, my life, my journey. Uh, then the second part would be on the advocates. Uh, and what they've done, what they've accomplished, what they would like to see, uh, you know, with the legal system and, you know, those that they've helped as well. Uh, And the third part will be a summary of, you know, time, you know, prison. What does it look like on the inside? What are the struggles? What are the what are the the pitfalls, you know, what are the success stories, because of those that are interviewed, in essence, they have their own stories, and so, it'll be a three-part docuseries, and uh, hopefully, the first one will be out uh, sometime in February, Um, and uh, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing, you know, I think it's going to be beautiful, I'm grateful to be a part of it, I'm actually a co-producer, so, you know, we put That's good. That's
0: good. So I appreciate you for coming on. I know you're a hardworking brother. You got a lot going on, you know, but I really do appreciate you. A uh, dope interview. You dropped some gems. It's going to be a lot of things like when I get off and I look at this and I chop it up and cut it down. It's going to be a lot of things that I'm going to have to take in. Right. So um, before we go, what's, your, what's all your social medias, websites, we can find your books,
1: all that good stuff. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, well, thank you as well. I definitely appreciate you. You know, uh, extending the invite. I'm honored and I'm humbled because, you know, like I said, I don't know who my story will affect. You know, so uh, I'm grateful for it. Um, I'm on YouTube. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, uh, Lessons Learned by Khalid Kareem seventy five. I have over forty videos, uh, a fair amount of subscribers, uh, talking about the prison system stories inside and out lessons that i've learned and more um i'm on facebook colleague kareem is my name i'm on instagram i have two uh two um instagram channels i guess they're called pages uh Khaled kareem 75 and the other one is lessons learned 75 uh, that one i'm trying to focus more on my poetry and those sort of things um you can get the you can get the second book uh, still thinking you can get this book on Amazon it is on Amazon right now if you purchase it I definitely appreciate you leave a leave a review for me you know they say that helps uh, I'm learning that as well um, I also hope uh, helped uh, co-publish uh, a uh, returning citizens magazine and this is awesome this was published by black connections please go follow black connections you know what I mean sisters phenomenal um, and you know, she, you know, she does awesome work with promoting and bringing light to black organizations. So please follow black connections and, you know, she did a wonderful job with this magazine. It's returning citizens It's filled with our stories, myself included. I'm in there. I'm in there. As a matter of fact, I think I got some of the kids from the gardens in there with me. Yeah. That's, that's some of my little mob right there. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, sir. You know, so it's a beautiful book. This is also on Amazon, Black Connections, returning Citizens Magazine. Um, I don't have a, my first book, I don't have that in here right now. matter of fact, someone just purchased my last one. But um, that's on Lulu. I was just thinking, my first poem book, I was just thinking that is on lulu.com. So, um, you know, if you're into poetry or you like to read, check them out, I think you'll like them, I really do. Uh, I'm a fan of Plenty Poets. I support everybody. Anybody that knows me. I have books in here galore. Um, I don't just talk support. I, I believe in support and I don't mind. And I love supporting us. I love support people who've been in the struggle, um, were struggling and striving to come out that struggle. So, uh, if you support me, know that I'm humbled by it and I'm grateful for it. So, um, check me out on different platforms. If you buy my book, I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? If not, it may not be for you and that's all right too. You know, um, and that's me
0: support this genuine humble brother and remember before i let you go i gotta say this to all my guests remember that you're powerful remember that you're awesome. also and remember that you could do all things and that ain't cliche neither that's real talk
1: that's
0: right peace, peace. thank you